Hurricane Soccer, we're back. The best podcast in the world dedicated to the beautiful game. The whole crew is here, even though we're not all here. Ephraim, unfortunately, is under the weather, but he's still with us in spirit. He's going to edit the pod. He ain't, he ain't dying now, but hey, man, he's not feeling well, so hopefully you feel better, E. Marcus is also under the weather, but he's kind enough to, you know, try to work through it uh anthony claytis how y'all feeling are y'all also under the weather you know this that time of year where it can get tricky with the temperature going up and down it's been raining all day today but uh how y'all feeling all all y'all man man i'm feeling great shout out to my man said i gotta quote him i don't have weak genes dan i'm okay i'm feeling great and he's an african by the way yeah shout out said he's a sicko man yeah <laughs> Cletus, how you feeling? You you all right? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, just rolling the gas, you know. All things to... considered, yeah, you know, you know, look, you know, we built different. You know, we've been here before, rolling the gas. You know, <laughs> can't like the cold weather. You know, geek me up. You yeah, know, man. N- nothing new. Marcus, I might be on some Omarion joint smooth soon in a couple hours and be. I might be spinning in the rain, pop locking. I don't know, man. Wow, Ray J one wish. Yeah, man. I might think. I don't know, man. This man said the Mario when he was practicing the uh, what was that damn movie? Uh, damn. Uh, you got served. Yeah, the guy said that he quoted you got served. Oh, you. Hey, wild. man, y'all realize, guys? Yeah, I'm sure a lot of y'all saw this in the movies. Claytis, you might have been a little too young, you know. You might have, yeah, because you're a couple years younger. But uh, y'all were realized that they were selling drugs to dance. They were trapping the dance. They were, you got served was really like a double, triple entendre. They were trapping in that joint. <laughs> you really, you got served. <laughs> I was in America back then, man. And to even think about it, that movie is almost 20 years old now. Yeah, man. That's the reason why Pump It Up by you by uh, Joe Button is, you know, the massive dance song that it is because of that movie. I was about to say shit. The NBA Street Volume Three is the reason that it that oh, it kept nah, living yeah. on. Yeah, 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 you're right, man. Mm-hmm. But in in that movie, bro, somebody died. I just yeah. thought about that. Yeah. Somebody got shot. Was it? Was yeah, it pump it up? Was real. Was it pump it up and dancing, bro? You're trapping and dancing, and she got hot in the streets, and you beefing with the Bloods and Crips. It, you never know. <laughs> Wasn't pump it up like NBA dancing. Live 01 too? It was like NBA Live 03, I believe. Okay, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that was one had Montel Jordan. That <laughs> yeah, was nice. NBA Live 03 was the one that they also sold it with a separate CD, like a actual cd of music and that joint went platinum because the game was going crazy man and that was you know hey man that movie steve harvey was working hard man he he was like hey come on guys y'all need to stop it out i was like hey man shout out to megan good she was looking nice as hell in that movie you know jennifer freeman lil kim oh man lala before you know mellow you know but anywho, this is a soccer podcast. It's International Week, so you know. It's not too much to talk about, but there's a lot to talk about. Um, European qualifications for Euro 24 is continuing to go on. 
Uh, the biggest team that got eliminated this weekend, you can say, even though they're not a major nation, we're paying attention to them because they have a generational talent and Erlen Holland, technically too, but no one cares about Martin Odegaard. That brother's the captain of the country and he can skate. It's no pressure on that boy, but uh, unfortunately, Norway won't qualify for Euro 24. Erlen Holland wasn't able to play their last game on against Spain because of a knock they they lost uh, also in that game Gavi gets hurt out for the season torn ACL torn meniscus uh what do you guys think about Gavi's injury Norway not qualifying for Euro 24 uh just to start things off and uh, please you know as you know the Erling Holland expert city fan educators man what do you think about this it's crazy i was actually gonna start with gavi um but with holland man man. wherever you want to go with it i want to say uh sucks for gavi Uh, i know i i used to hate on him a little bit but he is a a young baller and it sucks for spain because they already ran pedri into the dirt and i feel like this gavi injury is more of just circumstance I, i feel like he he wasn't playing as many minutes as Pedri as when this injury happened, but it just happened due to work uh, workload. And so it sucks. And I wish um wish him the best. Hope he gets to come back. And I love how, I don't know how it's in their contract, but FIFA has to pay Barcelona for his injury as well as uh, Kamavinga. They have to pay uh, Real Madrid for his injury. And um I think we should expound on that. And that FIFA should actually cough up way more money for top players getting <clears throat> getting injured during these breaks and um in regards to holland and norway hey man they just didn't make it i don't got i don't got no excuses i think he got hurt he he went out early and if he's ready i hear he's ready for the liverpool match which is perfect (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, i don't know if he really i don't know if he went down because he was like man my country's slight and i'm not about to get hurt for him or he he went down because he was actually hurt either way he was no moving like nuts, Anthony. He was moving like nuts. Have you ever heard of his song My Country? Nah. Hey man, I'm telling you, man. On the hook, Nas was singing, My country shitted on me. She wants to get rid of me. Cause of things I said. That's how Holland be moving out there. He's like, hey man, my country is huff, man. I'm about to just sit down and focus on my club career. Hey, um, how can he pull a Laporte and switch switch nations? Right now, play too many internationals. He's locked. It's over. Man, well, (laughs) it's gonna be a lot of little fake injuries like this. He's he's gonna miss the Euros. I don't know if he's ever gonna. Um, I mean, I'm again, we're speculating or I'm speculating, but moving like this eventually will cause a player to focus way more on his club career than country. And I don't know. I don't know if that's sooner rather than later for him. And that's all I got. I hear you on that. And um, I I think FIFA played themselves immensely. Cletus, I'd like you to follow up on this if you don't mind. I think when you look at the history of football, soccer, and you look at how FIFA was ahead of the curve of being established, like UEFA was created in 1955, guys. The first international match in FIFA was 1872. So technically, 
FIFA should have been the all-encompassing government of the sport of soccer. But because they only focus on the international aspect of the sport, they allowed all these continental federations to pop up. And now UEFA, because Europe is the dominant continent of the sport and where the game was created, the, the modern rules were codified, the FA Cup, all that, you know, the oldest competition in the sport. Because of that, they dictate how the sport goes. And we see now FIFA with Arsene Wenger as one of their high-ranking officials. Now they're trying to codify the new calendar for soccer, but it's too late. You let UEFA become too powerful. Now they even teamed up with the Ballon d'Or, and we see the competition between FIFA and UEFA. It's always existing. Like now they're expanding the FIFA Club World Cup. So I hear you, Anthony, if you're going to, play these guys <laughs> and the irony is that the clubs overpay overplay these guys then they go to internationals and then they get hurt and then they have to pay for it but <laughs> they were getting burnt out playing all these cups and league matches and now the champions league is going to be more so i think fifa played themselves by not becoming the government of the whole sport and the players because of that there's no union so you guys don't have any rights or authority in terms of how many games you've played. But uh, what do you think about that, Cletus? Do you agree that FIFA played themselves by not making themselves the government of the whole sport like 100 years ago when they could have done that shit? Yeah, that's definitely true. You know, if you look at the umbrella or if you're like a new fan, you expect FIFA to be the head of the umbrella and then it kind of like trickles down to, you know, the European League, the Asian League, the African league and so forth. And then they have their own body within that. But at the end of the day, they're all still reporting to FIFA following FIFA regulation FIFA rules, FIFA calendars. But once FIFA decided to kind of step back and allow everybody to kind of run their own show, that's, you know, you're kind of like at risk of the clubs. Cause it's like, like you just said, UEFA is going to run down their players and then give you the cheap version of the players for, you know, tournaments like the world cup. And now you have players not at their peak form, they're injured or they're missing out on the World Cup as to where you could have implemented a whole calendar where clubs are playing throughout this time frame. And then this designated time is for players international break. So they have more time with their coaches, with their, you know, with their teammates, build up a better foundation and, you know, produce a better end product on the on the national stage. But, you know. FIFA wants to kind of play the backdrop, play the mafia guy in the, in, at the table, not really, you know, calling the shots, but letting people, you know, do what they want to do and then say, oh, we tried, we can't control them. And then this was going to happen. More players are going to get injured. We're going to play more games. We're going to see games where we're not getting the best product or the best players. We're just seeing, you know, just more robots coming through. Exactly. And um, when you look at the World Cup, guys, Marcus is about to be 48 teams. They're making the Club World Cup basically like the Champions League. So FIFA ain't even trying to, you know, give themselves any favors. They do have to pay more if you guys want to play these guys because, hey, the clubs are the main employers of these guys. So what do you think, Marcus? How 
do you how do you think about that and then uh Gavi's injury because shout out to my man Dougie E he thinks Gavi's done I was like hey man he's only 19 he's like what toward ACL meniscus that brother's done yeah that's a um what is it crucial it's a knee that's the kneecap he injured the kneecap bro that's um I mean he is gonna be damaged I mean, he already is damaged goods. He's already had multiple leg injuries. So, I mean, it just kind of speaks to what you were saying. Like, it's it's what Klopp and Pep been saying. They playing too many damn matches. And the expansion of the Champions League, you you wonder if you're going to see teams, like, try to prioritize just winning the league instead of winning the Champions League now This if the payout's different. Like, because that amount of match are also – they gonna have to do more subs because because that's why teams trying to buy like two two starting lineups because um the biggest injury I thought that was kind of messed up was a young PSG boy like he's seventeen years old and he already done lost his season Warren Zaire Emery yeah he's not playing the rest of twenty twenty three only seventeen years old he was you know being treated as the crown jewel of their midfield you know they were about to build around him but yeah it's, he's hurt already. But the lastly touch that Holland, um, I mean, it was a quick, it was a quick way for him to get on out of there and not have to play that other match they played the other day. Um, I mean that 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 country, they need more options. They need to develop more. But the other injuries, also the thing that you're saying, I think they, that FIFA gonna end up have to pay more because what is that? I feel like the players, the clubs on that side of the game, they are gonna say. Why are we paying this much when he got injured on y'all watch when we really don't want to send him? And then what we gonna what are we eventually gonna see teams not send the guys? Exactly. And uh, you know, some players can actually say, you know, full force that playing international soccer enhanced their club career. Playing well, we've seen it many times, playing well in the Copa America was a part of Luis Diaz's ascension to Liverpool. He led Copa America in goals one year. I think he tied with a Messi the year that Argentina won. Or we have saw players that perform well in the World Cup, like Enzo. Look how Chelsea spent for him. So the World Cup does also advertise for the club. So it is ironic that you can argue the World Cup has made more international stars in the game than any UEFA competition, but FIFA has to pay because, like I said, and we all know these clubs are the main employers of these uh, players. So, uh, Cletus, I didn't get your thoughts on the Gavi injury. Uh, do you think he he's cooked or do you think, you know, he's only 19, he can reinvent himself and hopefully still have a productive and long career? I mean, <clears throat> you know how I feel about the boy. I don't know what he does. You guys tell me that he does stuff. I still don't know what he does on the field. So it'll be interesting to see when he gets healthy and comes back, if he's still going to be doing stuff that he does um, or if they get a new coach and if the coach is going to keep him or not. But, I mean, he's not the only player that falls into the bubble of, you know, being overplayed at a young age. It's a scary thing. There's a lot of great talent. But, you know, the more injuries they pick up, the more you're concerned about, their longevity within the sport. Same thing with Musiala. He just picked up 
another injury right before international break. So, yeah, man, definitely is definitely alarm alarming. I'll give you this, Claytis, if you don't mind, on rbref.com, you know, one of the best websites for stats and soccer, you know, a part of the reference, sports reference family. According to this, you know, they have him as a midfielder and attacker winger because he plays on the left, sometimes left wing to set up that box midfield. So just as a midfielder, He's in the 70th percentile as tackles, 74th percentile in blocks, 73rd percentile in aerial duels one, even though he's 5'8". That's crazy. <laughs> so I'm saying he's like a traditional box-to-box midfielder. 89th percentile in progressive passes received, 85th percentile in touches, 81st percentiles in pres- uh, progressive carries, which lets you know he's good at bringing the ball up the pitch dribbling and as a when he becomes a when you put that as a, a attacking midfielder winger it jumps up he's in the 93rd percentile in tackles or yeah not yeah 89th percentile in blocks 96th percentile in clearances and then the 90th percentile in aerial duels won so basically and the 99th percentile in passes completed so basically he's like a According to similar players, he's similar to your big brother, Connor Gallagher, uh, Anthony's boy, Matthias Nunos, these type of all-action midfielders that can play all over the pitch. And then as an attacking midfielder, they compare him to uh, Lucas Paqueta, Felipe Anderson, Jordan Ayu, uh uh-oh, hard work rate, uh uh-oh, Alex Awobi, so... Yeah, I think from especially this year, I got to see him because he was playing deeper. You see how he can dictate. He's almost like a Conte, but crazier. (laughs) It's sick to say, but I do like his game. Hopefully he can come back healthy. And, you know, they have the state of the art doctors. But Barcelona, I don't know about their medical staff. They almost got Cunaguero out of here. So I hope he's all right, man. But. Let's move on to another. We <laughs> mean almost they, they got him out of here. Yeah, let's let's move on. Uh, Claytis, this is right back for you, man. Kai Havertz, a guy you sold me damaged goods. Now, Diamond Chef, led by Julian Nagelsmann, is playing him at left back. According to Fabrizio Romano, they're saying that. This is the position that Nigelsman wants Havertz to play moving forward. <laughs> William Gaius, another brother you sold me, damaged goods, Clay. He said, former Arsenal captain, you know, former Chelsea defender. He said that Chelsea sold Arsenal Huff. The Arsenal didn't need him. And to play a person of this supposed caliber at left back when he's an attacking player his whole life, it's disrespectful and it lets you know that he's cooked. Do you agree, Claytis? Yeah. Um, one thing I'll say about that is I was watching an interview with Cesc Fabregas and I've watched other interviews like with other players where they talk about players not playing in like their position and like coaches trying to make them fit into their their formation instead of adapting to the players that they have. And I feel like Nagelsmann falls into that category a lot 
where he's trying to force players into his formation as opposed to adopting or adapting to like what he has. You know, if you're going to play Julian Brent behind Fulcroft at the top, like, come on now, there's no way Kyle should be playing left back. And although you say you have a plan for it in the first game, um, the first half or whatever, it seemed like it was working. Kai got a goal. You know, he looked a little bit more offensive minded. But, you know, if you're going to use him as like your your extra midfield player, like don't line him up in the as a left back. That's kind of insulting. It seemed like he was going to do it for one game. To do it for two games is definitely like, all right, you know, let's we we don't need you to be the mad scientist to lead Germany to win the Euros. Like, just stick to the basic, you know, instill some leadership qualities in these guys, play some attractive football, you know, and, and let's let's move on. But I don't think Kai Havertz is, is cooked to the degree of him being played as a left back. The guy has no defensive toughness, scary attribute about him. So, I, again, I don't know why he's playing that left back. But we'll see you next next time around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. It just lets you know that, for me, it shows the lack of development in Germany to find fullbacks ever since the 2014 World Cup. And, uh, hey, I guess you can try to justify it if you're playing, like, a wingback system, but he ain't even doing that. So... I mean, the funny, the funny thing with with that conversation and Kai playing left back is that people in the media, even back in Germany, were talking about playing Kimmich as a right back, and Nagelsmann was like going back and forth about he doesn't see Kimmich as a right back. Like, let's be honest, and we all agree, you know, he's been playing in midfield for so long. Like, putting him in right back just is is stupid. Just like how you're putting Kai at left back is stupid, but the the battle right now within Germany and Bayern is that Nagelsmann sees Kimmich as the six and he's playing him as a six. So now Kimmich has like the room and the muscle to go to Bayern and be like, well, I'm playing as a six on the national team. I don't see why, you know, Tuchel wants to play me as this position and buy six. So now like the board is looking at Kimmich, like, well, he does play a six. Do we need to buy a six? So it's an interesting dy- dynamic going around at Bayern and on the national team right now. For sure. And, hey, man, just to show you how much Real Madrid shows respect and love, because after this, that's the match that made me see how nice Gavi was. El Clasico, he was playing hard. He was balling. And after the match, I saw the Real Madrid players dapping him up, going to talk to him like, hey, you could tell they respected his craft. And even the Don himself, the president of Real Madrid, Florentino Perez, wrote a letter to Gavi to show love and support to him after his injury. You could tell Real Madrid loves that boy. That's why Lewandowski told Gavi, hey, learn how to speak English because you a PL baller, man. You about to go get a lot of money, man. So, hey. Shout out to Gavi, but yeah, Havertz left back. It's it's a joke. But uh, Marcus, I don't know if you're aware, but Romelu Lukaku is now the third highest goal scorer in European international history. The only people in front of him at this moment 
is Cristiano Ronaldo, the greatest goal scorer in the history of the sport, and Ferenc Puskas, one of the most underrated players as we continue to advance in time. That brother was special. And shout out to Hungary, by the way, because, you know, Puskas was from Hungary. They qualified for Euros. Your boy, young Scissor, leading the way as the captain. But uh, talk about that, Marcus. Talk about Lukaku now being an all-time great as an international player. And your boy's hungry making Euros, man. Hey, man. First off, the Lukaku. Clay, you tricked that. Um, This guy. Hey, 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 hey. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, that was, um, that was pretty wild. I didn't think they was going to get off like that, um, pause, but for him to get the, for him to be, you say he the leader? Yeah, he's the third all-time leading scorer amongst Europeans, third. Okay. Oh, oh, wow. So basically he's going to, you know, he's going to pass Ferenc Puskas, so he's going to be the second highest scorer in European ever, and yeah, shout out to my boy uh, Elvis. He said, this is why I be looking straight on Euro qualifications. They play a lot of huff and can collect garbage stats. But, hey, it is what it is. I was about to say, it seems like Belgium's Euro schedule for uh, his era has been pretty mid for him to rack up that many goals. And for him to rack up that many goals on the country level and um, not do the same at club. It's kind of revealing, but um, shout out to that man because he he scored his goals. Then he was on the phone watching TikTok in the second half. So shout out to that boy. <laughs> oh Lord, and uh, man, hungry <laughs> qualifying is just an example of showing Holland. I'm I'm joining the clay chip soon, bro. How can you let hungry who only got two two to three name players? Hey, man, to be fair, that group was trash, man. Hungary's group was Serbia, Montenegro, Lithuania, and Bulgaria. Now, if Norway was in this group and didn't qualify, slaughter him. But, hey, he was in a group with Spain and, and Scotland, man. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, come on, man. No Andy Robinson, and you can't get through that? Man. McTominay turned into Kaká in 07. I don't know. <laughs> but you couldn't turn into Holland? Holland scored against everybody except Spain. So that goes into Cletus's argument that against the big teams and big moments, you don't see him. So it's unfortunate. But yeah, shout out to Dominic, man. Let's ride that way. Let's go ahead and get seated up out the way on Saturday. You know how this shit go. <laughs> For sure. Another uh, interesting thing that I wanted to ask y'all about is, you know, the U.S. played Trinidad and Tobago yesterday, second leg of the Nations League, and uh, didn't work out the same way, but America still advances on aggregate 4-2, but yesterday Trinidad and Tobago 1-2-1, Dest had a red card in the 39th minute, uh, and after that... <laughs> Trinidad and Tobago scored their goals because before hey. that the U.S. was in control. But uh, hey, let's stop it right there. We could just go right into it because I know what this is, bro. Let's. The topic is 
should this be starting? Because oh. that's the second time this year you don't got a red. You telling mm. me these mid-ass teams getting in your head and getting the red. What, what made you thought you could kick the ball with that new rule? Yeah. And you kicked it in the stands. Then you do some little, some little, what they teaching you at PSB? <laughs> I'm done with bro. I need to see the homie that played for uh Dortmund or something. Uh S- Scaly, call him up. This is done for me, man. Yeah, uh Anthony, you recall you and I watched uh the US versus Netherlands World Cup match. Uh and I wasn't impressed by Dest at all, man. Uh what do you think? Do you still think he should be the first choice right back for the US? about to get on football manager right now and find a replacement <laughs> he does not need to be on the pitch that that mistake or whatever i got air quotes up was trash bro that was some middle school childlike stuff it was probably just showing his frustration to him knowing that a lot of us don't rate him or something like he, he shouldn't have done that um it's trash it, i don't know man it, it I'm with Marcus, man. It's just no words. It's disgusting. It's nasty. For sure, for sure. And by the way, this is a little random aside. Lukaku has 83 goals and 113 matches for Brazil. And hey, I mean, I said Brazil for Belgium. And uh, as a club player, this is just league goals. He has over 216. He has 216 goals and 456 matches played. So not too bad. He, he is a great goal scorer. It's just uh, for me, I'll never forget him in the Champions League final. Oh, I'm about man. to say, good thing he missed. He missed a, a, a walk-in <laughs> header, and then he blocked the goal too. Yeah, and he lost Megan the Stallion all in one month, probably. So hey, God bless you. But uh, Cletus, what are your thoughts on Sergino Dest, man, and, and your boy Lukaku? Because that's your brother, man. You must be proud. Yeah, um, the Serginho death, someone just keep it simple. Couldn't make it in Europe, and now you couldn't make it in America. You got Huff players in South America getting your head, like Marcus said. Yeah, go 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 on vacation. Go to Mykonos like the rest of the guys. Um, but for Lukaku, you know, shout out to my boy. The numbers are there. Yes, he may not be the most, you know, beautiful in the eyes to look at, but the numbers are there. So shout out to him. I'm pretty sure he's probably going to end up in second place. And then he's going to get overtaken by Kylian Mbappe. But, you know, shout out to him. For sure. And, uh, hey, uh, I'm not going to act like my country wasn't moving geek. My other country, I should say, because uh, <laughs> as we advance in time, guys, I'm going to become more of an American fan, man. I'm going to dub Ghana just like Claytus dubs Togo. They don't deserve my time or consideration. Ghana today loses to Kromros 1-0. This is a World Cup qualifier match. Um, before the match, once I knew Kudus was hurt and he wasn't playing, I knew we didn't have a chance because he is our attack. And the interesting thing is that Last match, he played Chris Hutton, our national team coach, played Kudus in a midfield three. And I think that was stupid because 
you don't put your best player who is also your best attacker in midfield and out of the final third. So today, Kudus doesn't play. He plays a front three of Jordan Ayu on the left, his brother, Andre Dede Ayu as a false nine, and Antoine Semino on the right wing. Disgusting. And Naki Williams, who scored his first goal for Ghana, now moves to midfield and is ineffective. Um, and it was it was embarrassing. It was a disgrace. And Abede Pele, I'm not calling you that anymore. I had to, your children are so huff. I had to do research and figure out how did you how who the hell called you Pele? And I found out, guys. He was in the hood in Dome, uh, you know, in the in the Accra. And as a kid, they said, oh, you move like Pele. You move like Pele. He didn't see Pele grow up because he's from the ghetto, man. He didn't have no electricity, no cable, no TV, no radio, no nothing. But it did. started calling him Dom Pele when he was playing youth football. Then he goes to high school. They start calling him a better Pele. Hey, man, you don't deserve that nickname, and your children are huff, okay? I'm sorry. Ghana, we're a joke, man. It's it's disgraceful. The irony, too, guys, is that back in the days, Cromeros asked Ghana to bring people there to help them learn how to play soccer, and we taught them so well, now they smoke us. So I, I'm tired of Ghana. I'm fed up. The only time I'll care about Ghana moving forward now is, hey, man, is when I'm using them in football manager, but... <laughs> disgusting Cletus go ahead and laugh at Ghana do your thing man I know you're excited man I've been back here relaxed just geeking man but you know Togo got a draw today I think our last game we scored a goal I think we won I can't remember but you know I'm glad we didn't take an L hey man keep it up man wish y'all the best y'all got all the stars the black stars no magic hey man hold on hold on hold on hold on Shout out to my third home today. We got Germany out the way. Sané getting red cards. Yeah. What's your man's though? Your man's is trying to hold my hand, trying to hold his neck down, trying to squeeze. <laughs> What's good with your man's, bro? Hey, bro. And, and don't forget, guys, the first match that uh, Havertz played, as you know, left back, he scored and they lost to Turkey. So I know Mezzarosa was very happy course now nah, the funny thing the turkish people like the turkish fans were more lit than the germans fans that's the funny thing like the whole game you thought it was like a home game for the turkish yeah man it's not as much yeah ghana and germany are moving alike man we just falling off bro and ghana should have beat germany in 2014 but dumbass jordan now you didn't want to pass the ball to samwajan see foolish guys and he's still he's still starting for my country, right? What do you, what are you talking about falling off? Huh? Y- y'all are falling off? Yeah, you forgot what we did. Since when? Since when? 2010, we made the quarterfinals of the world. Yeah. 2015, we made the final. 2015, we made the final of African Cup of Nation. Since then, we've been falling off. 2018, we didn't make the World Cup. Then the following uh, AFCON, we geeked up earlier than usual. Then the last AFCON, we didn't get out the group stage. And then the last World Cup, we were huffed and didn't get out the group stage. 
So Germany, since 2015, we've been going downhill. Just like Germany, you niggas can't get out the group stage either of the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's more it's more recent, but y'all are, you know, 13 years in. Germany's more so, you know. What 13 years in? I just said 2015, we made the AFCON final. Was the last time Germany made the Euro final? I guess. Yeah. Be realistic. You don't have to lie to kick it, man. It's cool, <laughs> it's cool man. It's, it's not the same level, but I hear you. Yeah, it's not the same level because one is a colonizer that has exploited our resources, and then the other, you know, is only dealing with what we got. Shout out to Rudiger, man. Hey, that man, nigga be body mean? popping got, for Sierra Leone, but playing for Germany, man. Sick. Y'all got, y'all got Kevin Prince. Huff, you know that boy's trash. We wanted Kevin. his brother. We wanted, we wanted his brother, the one that plays for why Bayern. Can y'all get him? Why can't y'all get him? Y'all got Kevin. Why can't y'all make it a, a two pack? Well, you already know because they those brothers don't get along. You know, they didn't grow up together, so they don't like each other that well. So, you know, they wasn't going to work together. No, no, at that time. Yeah, they don't like it. Well, sh- well maybe all in all considered, maybe we don't need Jerome Boateng because that boy's an abuser anyways. Let's move on. Let's talk about <laughs> the best rivalries in international football, Brazil, Argentina, is supposed to be live in action right now. Fans and police were fighting in the stands. So the game has been delayed, but now it's finally going on. It's the 22nd minute. Um, what are your what are your favorite rivalries in international soccer? That's a good question. Um I'll say. England, Germany is a good one, but it's always like Brazil and Argentina because they always got like that fighting rivalry in the stands, the history, whose 10 is better, whose style of football is better. Yeah, I think the South American rivalries are a little bit more intense, a little bit more fun to watch. And then the European like rivalries are more so like historic and like the tactics and like the way like they evolve is like kind of interesting to watch. Hey, I'm gonna represent for 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 my team then uh USA Mexico. That's uh it's always very feisty. Yep. Um and I wish we were better USA England. We always trying to shit on England and England always think we we ain't shit. We not I a real well football against country. them in the World Cup. Yeah, and we geeked it, okay? Had opportunities and geeked it. Yeah, it could have won. Have Harry Maguire looking geeked, <laughs> but um, also the I would say that that Brazil Argentina because it translates on the on the club level and that what was that the uh junior the the Bocas Junior and Fl- uh Flamingos uh that joint okay they'll hear my my Brazilian coworker talk about that shit bro okay a lot of curse words about Argentina. He doesn't like Messi. <laughs> oh, man. Anthony, what you got, man? Well, I'm piggyback off Marcus for one of them with the USA, Mexico. Just in my, you know, Nav experience. That's something that's hot on this side. But Dan, something that you've got me hip to when we watch old FIFA matches. Low-key Brazil versus Italy had some hot hot matchups, and that was just ringing in my head. And so I have to say that is low-key a one that um 
when they meet up is just kind of exciting. Yeah, man. Italy beating Brazil in the 1982 World Cup changed the way Brazil played the game for better and for worse. And then, like, hey, it is always hot. The 1994 World Cup, they played against each other in the final in the U.S. Roberto Baggio, the divine ponytail, misses one of his penalties. Brazil wins. So, yeah, that is always hot. It's a great style clash historically versus the ultra defensive and then the ultra attacking. So, hey, I got one more. I got to ask you this one. Um, Y'all don't like Nigeria, do you? Hell no, nah, man. That's because the, that shit, last Afghan, yeah, that man. shit was hot. Yeah, okay. we played them in a, a World Cup, uh, the World Cup qualifier. It was the playoffs. So, yeah, we played them for a spot and we beat them, suckers. <laughs> and I would say Ireland and Scotland. I don't understand what the fuck he's going said, but it's funny to watch. Nah, it is, man. It is for sure. Yeah. Ghana, Nigeria is definitely hot. Also, Ghana, Ivory Coast is hot. Um, yeah, we lost to them in 2015 AFCON final. Ghana, um, Cameroon is also hot, but uh to highlight some other joints that is very dangerous, Egypt, Algeria, hey man, that joint gets next. Even back in the day, I remember hearing stories about Algerian players throwing bottles at Egypt, and one of the doctors of Egypt lost his eyesight. That's how crazy it is. The homie got went to jail, man. So yeah, it's very dangerous. Uh, they also have fought each other for spots in the World Cup. I think the most famous one was like 1990, if my memory serves me correctly. So yeah, that uh, joint is hot. Another one is, you know, a lot of times because of geopolitics, you know, Serbia, Croatia, that joint's hot. They all used to be one nation under Yugoslavia, but breaking up, hey, when you see how they play against each other, that joint is two next. Um, I think I used to remember... Manzukic, he used to talk about how intense those games are. It's nothing like it. And one game, the Serbian players were were geek. They were hearing chance of kill the Serbs from Croatia, bro. It was too next, man. It was too geek. But uh, Japan, South Korea is also dangerous. Um, Germany, Netherlands is also hot. You know, iconic style clash, ultimate defensive versus attacking uh chile peru for south america that joint be hot but yeah france italy also is turned up most notably the 2006 world cup final but yeah there's a lot of cool rivalries even ghana versus the u.s is now a rivalry now we played each other in three different world cups 2006 2010 2014 play against each other in friendlies the u.s smoked ghana this year 4-0 so yeah, there's a lot of cool rivalries in international soccer. Of course, it doesn't match the hatred. Well, it kind of does sometimes of club soccer because y'all know a lot of this is <laughs> products of war. Like even Argentina, England, that's a rivalry because, uh, you know, they had war together. Falkland Islands, do your research, kids. But uh, yeah, man, shout out to competitions, rivalries, uh, who do you guys think will win today between Brazil, Argentina? You know, Brazil doesn't have any Neymar. They've been out of form. They've only won two of their first five games in World Cup qualifiers. This is a World Cup qualifier match. So who
who do you guys think will win today between uh, Brazil and Argentina? I'm going to go Brazil 2-1. Um, I'm going to say I'm a, a wild, weird upset because I want to say Argentina, but I'm going to go with Brazil. Is Andrew playing? Nah, he ain't starting. But so far, your boy Gabriel Jesus and your other boy Rafinha, they both have yellow cards. <laughs> they, look, they looking like crash dummies. Never though. mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. It's it's Argentina. Argentina 3-0. I'm sorry. I'm taking all that back. I'm, I'm you heard it here first. Taking all that shit back. Argentina's walking. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Gabriel starting, bro. Yeah. Okay, starting. Argentina. And Martinelli's on the left wing because you know no Vinicius Jr. He's also hurt. Argentina, relax. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a calm win for Argentina. Three one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think y'all are right. Hey, they're Ar- getting ready for the for the Messi Ballon d'Or number nine. So, oh, ho, please, another oh. one. Come on, man. <laughs> All right, man. Let's move on to some club soccer activity. Uh, Everton got a ten point deduction for financial fair play violations. There's rumors that Chelsea and Manchester City are next. Luckily, we have two high-ranking officials of these clubs with us on the pod. So I'll start with you, Anthony. Uh, what do you think about these speculations of what potential punishment may come? Uh, do you think this is just more so fan-made nonsense? Or do you think this is legit? Because you guys haven't even went to court yet. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, we were talking about it a little bit in our uh soccer chat with the group of fellas I didn't want to say it in there because it would have came off a little too um insensitive but there is actually a word for this and it exists it exists throughout time it's called double standards and guess what it may actually work in our favor this time 115 charges ain't shit happened yet I imagine we got something moving behind the scenes and we may get a little tap on the wrist, but I don't know, y'all. Again, we're speculating. I don't think, again, Italy was different. I heard Juventus, they was wild. They they got hit with deductions, but the English Premier League may not want to punish its money child so harshly in the, in the season we're in where this sport is actually becoming the world sport like it's it's over here now so i don't know if they want to do that but hey this is just me being a little biased but i want y'all to know double standards do exist that's it they definitely do exist and claytis how do you feel you guys have been hit up with violations before it's a part of the reason why you guys were able to you know bring your academy players in give them time and eventually win the champions leagues excuse me so what do you think about these new allegations yeah yeah uh todd shut up you're snitching because what what they're saying is that todd and his organization is the one that brought the information to the premier league 
made them aware of, you know, these supposed allegations of wrongdoings. Again, which I don't know what that means. A lot of blank titles being thrown around. But in Man City's case, they're guilty. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. Again, I don't think the Premier League could afford to relegate Chelsea. You know, I could see them maybe hitting us with some more fines. But, you know, since Todd is kissing ass and dressing and we might get by with, you know, just a verbal warning like like Man City does. Hey, Marcus, you see how clay this is dangerous, man? He's there, uh, yeah, them niggas guilty. We we good, dude. <laughs> yeah, that was nasty, man. I heard that. That was crazy. He's a sicko, bro. You see how they defer, defer? 91 charges. And told, and, told, and told his boss to shut up, man. Stop Try. snitching. <laughs> Come on, man. We, we, we don't talk about Roman like that. If it wasn't for Roman, you wouldn't be sitting where you're sitting at. That's with, true. In more ways than one. The club wouldn't have been as appeasing for you to buy if it wasn't for Roman Abramovich. And if it wasn't for this conflict in Ukraine, the club wouldn't even be for sale. So, yeah. Yeah, right. Todd better relax before those COVID um, manipulations stop working for him. Oh, yeah, we we hip to his games already as well. <clears throat> I ain't working for the uh, financial fair play, but just know the folks know what's going on, man. You you better stop snitching for real though. I mean, but to touch on that city stuff, man, it, it is what it is, bro. Because um. If something happened, then then they're gonna have a, the biggest excuse ever. Like Pep Pep might go on the whole tour. So I mean, I I really don't want nothing from it. What you gonna do? Minus 10? That don't really hurt them. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh they talking about potential relegation. I don't think that'll happen. If anything does happen, I think it will be like you said, a point deduction. Maybe yeah, minus 10, 15, whatever they find. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I think I said it in the soccer chat. I think some clubs are too big and, and too powerful to get punished. Like Anthony said, there are double standards. Uh, so I think they won't like get relegated or anything like that. Maybe they'll get a points deduction, but most likely it'll just be like a massive fine and like transfer limits or something for a while. So we'll see how it goes, but yeah, I'm not expecting anything too crazy. It's not like Italy where they're so corrupt. They have to tank their biggest team twice, like 15 years apart. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes, but um, let's talk about the matches going on this weekend. There's a lot of interesting matches in the premier league. The biggest and most notable match, and you can say the most important, because even though it's early in this season, hey, this is a potential title race match between Manchester City and Liverpool. It'll be starting at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time in the U.S. So, Liverpool, you guys are informed. Marcus, how are you feeling going into this match? I've seen the video, Kanate sliding tackling on a little kid today um so that's promising uh holland you can come and play we're not really scared of you it's 2019 uh virgil no dribble pass so you slow we not worried about you um honestly alvarez the only dude i'm worried about doku 
No. Like, because, like, even with Trent, Kanate going to cover, and I, I believe in Kanate more than Doku. Um, Who else they got? Erlen Holland? Bro, I just told you. Guy. I just told you. It's 2019 Virgil Van Dyke. I'm not. I, what, oh. what is you talking about? Oh. Zero pass. Zero dribbles pass at this point of the season. Hey, man. Check the stats, man. We don't worry about them boys like that. <laughs> and you know what? Hey, we got Nunez. How they going? playing Huff like Gibraltar, right? They smoked Gibraltar 6 0 today. So, you know. You know, Virgil has been on cruise control and he got subbed off early. Hey, bro. He ready. <laughs> we ready. I don't like how, how, cause like my South Americans, I, I, so that's the only thing I'm spooked about my midfield. What we going to come out in? Cause if we get outplayed in the midfield, then it'll be a, it'll be a nasty game. But if we can dominate that midfield, you don't put out Harvey Elliott because he's a little too small and he's not fast enough. Bro, we getting the boys out the way, bro. Two mm. one, okay. or if they really want to play three two. Oh, Anthony, you guys are at home. You must be confident, right? Or do you think this is just speaking of great rivalries? This is one of the best club rivalries in recent memory. So, uh, what do you think about it moving to this match on Saturday? It is a it is a big match. Uh, Marcus kind of shook me because I was going to come in and say, yo, I'm I'm hoping we come out with a 2-2 draw. But he's talking like they got 2019 Virgil and, and all this other stuff. Uh, I don't know, man. We got injuries, too. We need the win. But honestly, I, nigga, <laughs> coming out of that joint with a draw is going to keep us in the season. I do not need to see an L. But. I think Marcus is underestimating Doku. I think he about to have Trent on skates. Uh, he forgot about Phil Foden. That's all right. We'll be talking about him this time next week because he's going to do something amazing. Uh, uh, Holland, that's wild. You just count him out. Man, 3-2 City. Bump that, man. Easy. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Claytis, where are you leaning, man? Yeah, I'm hoping Liverpool gets the win, make the league a little bit more exciting. Uh, I'm kind of leaning towards Liverpool winning the league. So hopefully, you know, get the job done. Okay, okay. I hear you. Is this if is this uh dependent on City getting punished and points deducted, or you think Liverpool can beat them straight up? I think City's not in form. Pep really doesn't care. Um, and I think Liverpool has like the players, they have the attacking players, you know, and they have a lot of, a lot of like different formulas, a lot of different attacking players where they could kind of switch out. So I think they're more dynamic in attack as opposed to city is more like try to get the ball to Highland, get Alvarez involved in the play and then try to, you know, create some magic in the midfield and then get the wingers involved. But I think Liverpool has more of the magic than city does right now. Hey, I'm going to say this. With the discovery of Anthony reminding me of Phil Foden, I forgot we got semi-cast over there. So, yeah, we might be having a yellow card duty. But guess what? I think we might go out there with Joe Gomez and if he healthy enough. And the debut of Trent 
in the deep line playmaker role, bro. Oh Lord. Fuck this your is mind where you want up. the debut to happen? Hey man. <laughs> I don't know, hey, bro. He he does anyway, goddamn it. Shit. <laughs> uh man, this is not the only country where we'll see the number one and number two teams in the league facing each other. Also in Italy, you have Juventus hosting Inter Milan on Sunday, 2.45 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Um, for me personally, I think the way Inter plays with that 3-5-2, it seems they're starting to find a connection with their front two between Marcus Turam and Lissandro Martinez, who's been playing very well recently. I think because of that, I think Inter can get the victory, especially since they can put them on the counter because, you know, Juve is going to try to dominate the ball at home. And, oh, yeah, by the way, I, I think, yeah, I'm going to go with a draw. City, Liverpool, I'll say 2-2 draw, by the way. But uh, what do you guys think about Inter versus Juve? I want to see my boys dance, but I don't think they will because I could see that being either a 2 1 victory for Inter or just a, a, a stalemate in some form or fashion 1 1, 0 0, whatever it got to be. Because, like, kind of how you say, it's a meshing of styles and it's just going to be who, who on form, honestly. But Inter, to me, are more informed. Juve has some has had some hiccups this season where they look kind of weak against uh weaker teams, in my opinion. Yeah, they've been on pretty good form ever since they drew to Atlanta uh on October 1st. They've won their last five games in the league, including Milan 1-0. So uh yeah, they've been on a they also use a 3-5-2, but it's not as dynamic because their front two is Kesa, who's not really a striker, and then you have Moise Keane, who isn't as good as, you know, Martinez or Taram, so. Wow, don't disrespect my little bro like that, man. Moise Keane? Hey, man, that brother, that brother's been all it's around the world and back. Hey, you mean the Everton reject? Oh, all right. You got Weston McKinney playing wing back? Come on, man. What is Juventus doing? But. Serie A is, is geek. So, Gladys, uh, <laughs> what, what what you got for this match? I mean, my boy Kiesa so looks like he's slowly waking up. Yeah. Hopefully, he's in form. You know, you're looking good. But I think Inter has, you know, they're a little bit more in form. Look nice in attack. Marcus is scoring goals, like you said. Um, Martinez looks like he's going to be pulling the string. And I think, I don't know, I feel like Inter just might have the edge, but... It'll be an interesting battle. Um, again, I think Serie A this season is kind of open for anybody to take it. Yep. So, so we'll see if they really want to, you know, stay at the top. This will be a big game for Juventus to get the win. Yeah, right now only 12 matches played. Inter is first place with 31 points. Juventus is second with 29, but then there's a drop-off. Milan third with 23, and then Napoli fourth. With 21 points, as we all know, they fired their manager. Not looking good. Oshiman still hurt, but they in the top four. Atalanta is fifth with 20 points. So looks like as of now, oh yeah, and then Fiorentina six with 20 points. So 
as of now, it looks like it's only a two-team title race. Uh, who do you think has the advantage on the weekend, Anthony? Uh, I believe Enter's gonna gonna get it done. Um, I was just looking at their goals for like they're they're scoring a lot. Yeah, um, they have twenty nine, and their goal difference is uh plus twenty three. So then they have like six goals against. So that's kind of amazing. And I, I saw uh, Clay just mentioned um, Laturo was scoring, and he is. He has twelve goals so far. Uh, so he's leading the charge. And I, I used to, I used to <clears throat> fry him for not being able to finish, but it looks like he's putting the team on his back. So uh, I'm a, I'm a go enter. For sure, for sure, I dig that. And uh, in Liga, Uber Eats. Number one plays number three this weekend, PSG versus Monaco. You know, Mbappe gets to go against the team that raised them, but Monaco's been on good form, so that'll be very interesting to see as well. Uh, and Ligue 1, Uber Eats, only the top three teams qualify for the Champions League automatically. And, you know, right now PSG is first with 27 points, Nice second with 26 points, and then Monaco is third with 24 points. So there's a lot of interesting things going on this weekend. Now that club soccer is back, I'm very excited because, you know, Ghana gives me nothing to be excited for. Uh, In the Bundesliga, you got Bayern playing Cologne away. That should be a walkthrough because Cologne is (laughs) in the relegation zone. And then uh, Leverkusen, you know, the team that's first place, they play Werder Bremen away. That can be a little tricky. Werder Bremen is a mid-table team, but hey, they can surprise you. So a lot of things to look forward to. Um, one of the things is the MLS playoffs we have to look forward to, but nothing going on today. Uh, Marcus, that starts tomorrow on the 22nd, right? The semifinals? Yeah, 22nd, and it looked like they're going to play on the day after Thanksgiving. Black Friday. All right. So next week we'll get the full MLS update from Marcus. So that time of the show, we at the end. Um, champagne move of the week. Claytis, what do you got? Um, I'm not gonna say the move necessarily, but the impact of HK9 showing that again, this England team has a lot of talent, but I don't know. They're dry. They play dry football. They have a dry manager. And Kane is the only outlet that they have at the moment, as well as Sterling, but he's not on the team. I dig that. I dig that. Uh, My champagne move of the week is corruption. Uh, I forgot to mention this, but Claytis brought it up. He wanted to talk about it. So, hey, this is our time. The PL has voted to not ban loans and transfers between teams that are owned by the same entity. That means any of the big four in the Saudi Pro League can be transferred to Newcastle or back and forth. There's no control right now. So this will cause a lot of things (laughs) to go awry, especially when Oh, Newcastle, we need more depth for our Champions League push, our top four push. Let's get some homies from Saudi League. Uh, Claytis, what do you think about that, man? 
Yeah, Chuck Finesse. You know, the, the, the Saudis, they pulled up and they said they was going to take over football and they're taking over football. Now they're able to cherry pick from their from their benches, from their reserve teams. Chelsea, you know, we're trying to follow the same model. The Man City has the same model where they have players in in New York, in Australia. Yeah, Brazil. Brazil, they're all over the, in France. You have them all over the place. So, you know, it, it benefits them where they don't have to go out and pay big price for, you know, a player midseason. They could just go ahead and pick one of their up-and-coming players or one of their reserve players somewhere else and just move them up. And it's, I mean, it's, it seemed like it's a nice model, but at the end of the day, this is like just more of the, not a monopoly, but, you know, somewhat of a, a dictatorship within football. For sure. Now, Marcus, we, we, we don't have that conglomerate behind us. We, we have American owners that only want to own one team. So what the hell can we do to combat this? And how much did, and how Ooh. much did they pay Ooh. us? Oh, Let yeah. Stop you. Oh yeah, y'all got another club. Y'all bought something, bro. You know we got Redbird is a minority owner. AC Milan boys. Yeah. Mm. So AC Milan. Oh, so you about to get Eunice Musa and Pulisic next? Nah, nah. When you got some young talent that's you want to debut, we need them for a cheap price. It's about that time. Man, I think they got, got no money, They don't have time for, for that, man. They need money. Hey, Talisio, and I forgot the other team that's a part of it. We need that. But, yeah, if you just speaking on, like, from a team that don't have that ability, um, we kind of crippled, bro, because think about it. We can't be lone FC like Chelsea was no more because of the rules that they put down. But they can pick and choose. I could see um Saint Maximan coming back to the Premier League if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anthony, does does this uh how much did you pay these clubs to agree to this? Cause I'm pissed. I first read that they weren't gonna allow it, then they allowed it. What the hell? I had no I had no hand in this deal. Um <clears throat> it's way too corrupt for even me to touch, uh, Dan. And uh <laughs> I'm with y'all. It's kind of sick. But again, this is a sport of corruption. So what do we expect? Yeah, you ain't lying. Uh, but uh, Anthony, what's your champagne move of the week? <sighs> I don't want to taint the the segment, but I gotta give some uh 7-Eleven champagne to Sergino Dest. Thanks, thanks for that. That that was a great move he did for getting ejected. It was awesome. Well, welcome to Delusion. Yeah, exactly. He's also in Club Delusion now. Real talk. He's in the club. Just so <laughs> y'all know. Yep. Marcus, what's your champagne move of the week? Um, all of the moves that it took to give them 14 goals to France. <laughs> I dig it. And hey, thank you for leading me this way because my champagne goal of the week is. Killian Mbappe's third goal, man. That brother saw that. that brother saw that goalie off that line. He said, oh, all right, I'm about 35, 40 yards out. Watch this, Rocket. Nice. Boom, and he, he threw his hands up. He was delighted with that goal, as he should be. Hey, man, you're on the Did you see the speech? Did you see the champ's speech at halftime? 
Yeah, let's kill let's kill it. Let's break the record, man. We already have seven. Let's do it. Yeah, that's why you're supposed to do it. And they did it. Hey, they broke the record for most goals scored in the Le Blue match, 14-0 over Gibraltar. So salute to Francois. Uh, Marcus, what's your champagne goal of the week? I'm gonna go with Darwin Nunez. That boy, uh, that boy's goal. Got them in the um. I did it. I don't know what it's. It said some. It broke some streak. It was like fourteen years or something like that. So oh, was, was that when they beat uh Argentina, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Messi was sick, telling have respect, please. Shut no. up, nigga. No, you already got this. <laughs> you already got this last stand shit going on with the Saudi league cooking up. We ain't touch on that. Inter Miami denied the reports of that match. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Until until they can announce it. <laughs> oh man, Cletus, what's your champagne goal of the week? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Olivier Giroud, the overhead kick that he had. Mm, yeah, that was nice. For sure. Shout out to Giroud, man. Uh Anthony, what's your champagne goal of the week? I'm gonna give it to France for that uh, amazing accomplishment. Yeah, all, all fourteen of them. I dig it, and also honorable mention for Champagne Goal of the Week: Luis Diaz's goals when they beat uh, Brazil two one. Shout out to Papa Diaz, my man was in the stance. Hey man, shout out! I don't to approve of them comments that he made. <laughs> I don't approve of that. Hey, bro, you gotta relax, bro. We paid uh, a lot of bread to get you free. Remind you the people out there what mouth. he said, man. I hear saying Louis' dream is to go to what he Barcelona. The f- him? Do you not remember the history? He's a South American, bro. They don't. They they love La Liga, bro. <laughs> Whoa! Did the dad try to use sympathy points to get his son recruited to Barcelona? Is that what's going on? Lifelong dream. Yeah. Hey, man, it is what it is. They said they'll give you Rafinha, Marcus. Don't worry about it. Hey, bro, we want the guy that we free his father. <laughs> if they ain't going to happen, we need the Milios back. Whoa, okay. Whoa. <laughs> Cletus, who are you in the club with, man? Um, the whole French team, the whole 14 goals, everybody's in the club. I dig it. I dig it. Marcus, who you in the club with other than Luis Diaz's dad to tell him to chill? Um, I'm in there with all the injured boys. Um, we're going to jump sports. I'm in there with the NYC. I mean, the new North Carolina women's field, uh, field hockey team. That's a little dope story. Look into that. The, they they don't want back to back years, and one of the players became a coach, and she won her first year being a coach. Yeah, that's what we in the club popping balls, man. All all, all my injured guys on crutches. <laughs> I respect. Uh, you know, I'm 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 bringing a different club. You know, shout out to Anthony for bringing Club Delusion. Now that's definitely gonna stay a part of this show forever. Whenever someone's tweaking, they gotta go there. I'm opening up a new club. It's called Club Get Right. When you're on some fuck shit, you gotta come here and get your mind right. Okay, 
we're going to tell you, it's, it's going to be like a, a setup. You're going to think you're going to a party, but you're coming to boot camp, punk. <laughs> and the first club, the first people to come to club Get Right is Germany and Ghana. You boys need to come and learn how to play the game all over again. You got strikers at left back. You got strikers in midfield. What type of Kwasi SM is this? We losing to Cromeros? You losing to Turkey? Hey, man. Come to club get right, man. <laughs> losing to Austria and friendlies? So Can we say that? Hey, man. So, yeah, so come to club get right and learn how to play the game again, man. Uh, for sure. But <laughs> Marcus, who are you in the club with? You already, we already know who I'm in the club with, man. Oh, my bad. I'm geeked. I'm yeah. geeked. See, Club Get Right got me mad. I don't know where I'm at now. That's what I said. I, right. I, got, I got it from here, Dan. It's me. I am I got my pen ready to sign Destin, the club delusional at mm. the door. I'm leaving. I'm dropping them off for 30 days, and I'm out. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I hear you. I hear you. Oh, yeah, I also got to You know who else I got to bring to the club? Shout out to the Norfolk State women's basketball team. They off to their best start in Division One history, five and zero. So shout out to the women; they're balling hard. Hey man, Norfolk State—we a basketball school now. Who would have thunk it, man? <laughs> I didn't know. Our man. shout out to the guys too. We're four and two so far. Whoa, 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 whoa. don't shout them boys. Nah, we we're four and two. We saw them get their ass whooped. Hey, yeah, yeah, hey. But, but yeah, yeah, but they they won yesterday. Nah, they won nah, yesterday nah. against Florida Gulf Coast, 69-66. It was close. But they got spanked. The other yeah, by, yeah, yeah, by Florida, man, San Jose State. Hey, it is what it is. But, hey, we a basketball school now. Shout out to NSU, but behold the green and gold. All of us went to Norfolk State. You know, we all alums. So, hey, we need to we need to make NILs, man. Let's, let's cook some things up and get some more money, man. Got to turn it up. Hey man, what was the name of that corner store? Oh man, Mary Mac. Come on, we're gonna, we gonna name it the Mary Mac NIL deal. <laughs> yeah. If you never got a chicken plate in there, you can't get this. Wow. R.I.P. Peter Mary Mac, man. It don't exist no more, man. The kids, that means we can't give out the, the NIL. <laughs> Play this. What's where the Mary Mac at, man? What happened? Hey man, they they, they was trapping. They was doing too many things at that Mary Mac. It was like three stop, three shops in one. Yeah, it was, man. You could definitely go there, get an egg, get a plate, and get some work, other work. But hey, man, God bless the Mary Mac. Shout out to the whole seven five seven. Shout out to Ephraim. Hope you're feeling better. This was Champagne Soccer. Great episode, guys. Even though it's international break, we still had a lot to talk about, and it was still fun. So hope you guys enjoyed listening, and we'll holler at y'all later. But before we leave, what we got to do, Marcus? Hey man, I'm about to hop back in the hyperbolic chamber. But until next time, keep them pinkies up. We out. <laughs> <laughs>